How can we fit more adventure in our everyday life? In this episode, we talk about solo travel, the best travel destinations, and embracing our spontaneous spirit. Welcome to Create Lounge, an inviting space for intimate conversations with fierce creatives. We value your voice, so we've created this podcast to help creatives like you share your story with a community who deeply cares about who you are and what you create. I'm Kayla of KaylaHollitz.com, a community and brand coach, a poet, and a passion project enthusiast. I created Create Lounge to connect with fellow creatives and encourage them to embrace the multitude of their creativity. Creative living starts here. Won't you join us? Today we will be chatting with Amanda Folk, a part-time traveler and full-time storyteller. We're so excited to have her here on the show with us today. So hello, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Well, I knew I had to have you after pretty recently you traveled to Minneapolis for a travel blogging conference, and it was so amazing to have you here in my little humble abode um, in my apartment, and it was so great to connect with you, so I know everybody's going to learn a lot from you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, and Minneapolis was such a treat. <laughs> I know, I'm I'm really trying to get you to move here, um, especially when I try to tell you that everybody's so Minnesota nice here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you turn if you turn the heat on like 10 more degrees in the wintertime, maybe you can convince me. Right? I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so how about before we really dive into the episode, you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, so I just graduated with my master's degree in exercise physiology. Congratulations. So I, oh, thank you. Um, but I spent the last couple of years identifying myself as a student. Um, and I was really not in a very good place during graduate school. As many of those grad students out there know, um, you should be handed a therapist the second you start grad school. <laughs> um, so I realized that travel and really sharing my stories and hearing other people's stories really dug me out of a pretty deep place mm. um, when I was in grad school. So that's when I started the blog, Chasing My Sunshine. Um, and it's just kind of snowballed from there. And I am now a graduate and I still love hearing other people's stories. <laughs> so it's alive and well. Yeah. And, you know, I think it is really awesome that you started this really as a creative outlet while you were going through graduate school. So what are the some of the things that you learned while going to graduate school and kind of trying to grow your blog on the side? Oh, my gosh. It is so easy to get stuck in the comparison trap, mm. even if you're not a student. Um, if you're doing literally anything besides <laughs> just blogging. It's um, true. <laughs> yeah. You hear these recounts of people just spending every single waking moment and pouring their heart into their blogs, which is absolutely fabulous. But you cannot compete when you also have to go to, you know, 12 credits worth of classes and you're working an internship and you're reading research papers until 2 a.m. It's It was very easy to fall into that comparison trap. And so the the hardest thing I learned probably was how to get myself out of that. 
and make it work for me. Yeah, and I see that a lot too because I think we all just really need to give ourselves and each other a lot more grace because I think it's really easy to be able to see kind of the highlight reel of where somebody else is at, but we don't really necessarily see like the full journey behind where they got to where they are. So I think that's that's really smart to put it in per, into perspective. Totally. So what kind of led you to start your travel blog? And also tell us a little bit about the story behind the name of Chasing My Sunshine, because I think that's a really awesome name. Sure. Um, so a couple of years ago when I was an undergrad, I actually studied abroad in Rome. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so I started a blog back then, but it was it was not like blogging is right now. It was like, hey, mom, hey, friends, here's how Rome was today. Here's what I learned today. <laughs> and it was it was just a way to stay in contact with those people back home and kind of share the experiences that I was having. Um, and when I got home, I stopped traveling and I stopped blogging along with it. Um, but like I said, in graduate school, um, I was pretty... I was dealing with a pretty decent bout of depression, um, so Chasing My Sunshine came about, um, sort of just telling you, or telling myself, I suppose, um, chase what makes you happy, mm. chase what makes you feel like you're alive, chase what makes you feel like you're shining. Um, so I like to say that I run on vitamin D endorphins <laughs> and jumping pictures. I um, love it. <laughs> <laughs> so sunshine is right in there. Um, you know, my graduate degree is in exercise physiology. So there's the endorphins. Mm -hmm. And jumping pictures are just so much fun. <laughs> and they totally match your completely, you know, sunny disposition. Um, so I absolutely love that you know, really the title of your blog could serve as such a great reminder for you that whenever you wrote a blog post or whenever you reached out to somebody, you were always kind of underneath this wonderful name of Chasing My Sunshine. Thank you. Yeah, it's really, so a lot of the advice you hear is to always write for your readers and write for your audience, mm -hmm. but this blog definitely started as a selfish write for yourself thing. <laughs> and you know what? That is completely okay. I mean, mm -hmm. both both ends of the, the spectrum are totally all right to, to follow for sure. Definitely agree. So... With being a travel blogger, I think a lot of us, myself included, uh, kind of see it as quite the dream job, right? Uh, you get to travel, take some beautiful, again, jumping photos. Um, so what would you say are some of the best things about it? And also maybe add in what are some of the most challenging things too? Okay. Um, so some of the best things about it... Um... Obviously, I can um, see corners of the world that I never thought were possible, but I also get to explore right in my own backyard. Mm. Um, and I, I love getting to share that with people um, because they, uh, a lot of people have sort of the opinion that um, traveling is only really when you go overseas mm -hmm. or you take a really long road trip. Um, so it's been really, really fun to kind of open people's eyes and inspire them to, you know, make travel happen in their lives in whatever capacity they can make it work, even if it is a weekend trip. So um, sort of building that community and inspiring people and hearing their stories has been such a fabulous part of travel blogging. Um, meeting other travel bloggers as well. Um, you mentioned before I came out to Minneapolis for the conference. Um, it was a travel blogging conference 
and just being around people who loved travel so much it it's it might seem silly but like I felt like I finally belonged like everybody Mm, understood having bucket lists the size of (laughs) you know Santa's naughty or nice list like endless endless destinations you would want to visit um so dreaming has been really really fun too the hard part is turning off yeah I am like I'm constantly thinking like oh this could be like a good backyard exploration day and my boyfriend's just like no Amanda we should just go on a date like leave your (laughs) camera at home like leave Twitter shut down for the night um my family and I just went on a cruise and no internet access was like the most magical thing that's ever happened Mm. because it's so difficult to turn off especially when you're on vacation as a travel blogger Yes. I love that you're talking about kind of this intentional shift of turning off because I think it is really true that, of course, you know, sometimes it can be pretty difficult to unplug. But I think it's even more than that. What you're talking about is that a lot of times when we want to go maybe on these little excursions and to different places locally, when you're running a brand, I feel like your brain is always kind of turned on to, oh, what can I turn this into? What kind of content can I create out of this? And it's really hard to kind of pull yourself out of that. So what really helps you in shutting that off so you can travel without having to necessarily make it always about the blog post? (laughs) So, um, no internet access is definitely a good first step. (laughs) Um, That's always a first step, just leaving the phone, you know, at home or on airplane mode. When I travel internationally, that makes it quite easy when I don't buy a SIM card or anything like that Mm -hmm. because I I can't access any of my social media. Um, Another thing, I, I really like acknowledging the ideas but then putting them down on a list to think about later Mm. so if if I have an idea that comes into my mind because it is really hard to turn that off sure I'll I'll like jot it into a little notebook or I'll jot it into a note on my phone or something like that and I'll say to myself okay when I get back I'll think this through I'll get to that later let's live right here right now Mm -hmm. and deal with that later. So that's been really helpful. Yeah, I think that's a really great tip for being a little bit more present, especially when you are traveling. So of course, you have this big passion for traveling. So have you always kind of traveled quite a bit or is this a passion that you found later on in life? My family has always been the type to go to Disney World every year when I was younger, um, and I was totally obsessed with Epcot and the around-the-world pavilions where you got to speak to people from different countries and you got to hear kind of a little slice of their life. Um, But it was very much vacation, and it was always nice to spend time with a family, but I didn't really see it as traveling per Mm -hmm. se. Um, It wasn't until I studied abroad my junior year of college where I realized that I was absolutely enamored with travel. Like, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a cool experience, and I couldn't shut up about it, and I knew I had found something good. That's so great. So what would you say are some of the most favorite experiences you have from that study abroad trip that you took? Um, so first of all, speaking Italian, <laughs> anytime I had to put my Italian skills to the test, 
Um, they were really, really scary experiences, but they've turned out to be some of the most memorable and some of the most humorous from mm-hmm. that trip. Um, so that was that's definitely a big thing. Um, there was also a time when I first got to see the Colosseum in Rome, yeah. and I just... I was standing at the foot of it, and I'm totally picturing it right now as I explain it to you, and just the, it's, it's so old, and so, so much history took place there, and it just, like, it blew my mind that I was standing right in front of it. It was awesome. That sounds... Totally incredible. That (laughs) sounds so incredible, and... One of the things that I love, of course, hearing about that is that Italy is my number one country I want to visit. And I actually have never traveled outside of the U.S., so that definitely would be my first choice. So I love hearing these stories. (laughs) Yes, you should absolutely go. (laughs) So now that you have graduated from college, how often do you like to travel now? And how often would you someday like to travel to? (laughs) So right now, um, I actually have a New Year's resolution that's still going pretty strong. Um, I had a resolution to travel at least once per month. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I, I started this year with the intention to travel 12 times at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found with weekend trips and just different opportunities that pop up, I would say I'm gone maybe once or twice per month, which is a really good balance for me, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind if I had this balance for, you know, the rest of my travel blogging days. I'm probably not going to be one of the travel bloggers that convinces you to quit your job and travel the world, per se, um, because that is really, really hard, and I do like a sense of balance. Mm -hmm. I like kind of having a home base while being able to explore everywhere else in the world, so that's... That's probably my optimal balance. Yes. Like there's a way to travel and kind of do some of those local excursions where you're at right now too without necessarily having to take, you know, one of the biggest leaps of your life you can possibly take. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's kind of one of my missions as a travel blogger. If you want to quit your job and travel the world, dude. Sure. Totally go for it. (laughs) Um, but that's not the only option you have. Absolutely. I, I think that's really important too. So on this topic of traveling, I'm sure that you've gotten really good at packing. Uh, so oh <laughs> what are some of the things that you could never, ever travel without? Um, so number one would be a portable charger. I didn't realize how important these things were until my phone got really, really old Um, you always need access to maps and a portable charger will save your butt more often than not. Um, if you're traveling in a different country, um, I know there are apps on your phone that'll do this for you, but just having like a tiny little phrase book, um, Mm. for the different language, language that you'll be encountering, um, is really, really helpful and it shows the people of the country that you're visiting that you're actually trying, which sure. really goes a long way when you're traveling. Um, I also wouldn't leave home. I recently got addicted to Lush, which is so dangerous. <laughs> um, but they have these shampoo and conditioner bars that yeah. 
So they're totally solid and they work really, really well. And you don't have to worry about any sort of liquid limit if you're only packing a carry-on. Interesting. That's quite the travel hack. Right? They're pretty (laughs) magical. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so those would be my top three. Oh, I love that. I I may have to look into that because that's that's really smart. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say are some of your favorite destinations that you've traveled to? And I know I'm sure Rome is on there, Um, but are there any other ones, even maybe uh, in the States here too? Yeah, so Rome is definitely on there. In the States, my top two favorites have been San Francisco and New Orleans. I, the second I stepped in both of those cities, and they're completely different cities, like sure. they, they're totally different, but the second I stepped foot in them, I was already trying to plan how I could live in them. Like wow. I loved them so much. Um, so those two are my favorite stateside. So what did you love about each of them that really made you feel like, oh, wow, I could live here? In New Orleans, it was really the people that made me feel welcomed Mm. so much. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, so I I love you, Philadelphia, but sometimes (laughs) you can be a little cranky. Um, (laughs) New Orleans just welcomed me with open arms, and I felt at home the second I stepped foot in it and started talking to people. San Francisco had, this is going to sound so weird, but it had this smell about it. It just... (laughs) It just smelled <laughs> so, it smelled so fresh and like I was so happy to be there and just, it's really the feelings that a place gives me, mm. which might sound a little woo-woo, but it's totally what makes me fall in love with a place is how a place makes me feel. Absolutely, because I'm sure after traveling quite a bit, you start to kind of form these connections with the different destinations that you're at. So I I think it's really cool that you have certain destinations where they are maybe your favorite ones to travel to, but there are a few of them that you have found that you could actually maybe someday make as home. That's pretty cool. So let's kind of shift now to what it means to live a more adventurous life. Like I know many people listening, including myself, could definitely use a little bit more adventure (laughs) in our lives. So what does the word adventure mean to you? So this definition has shifted a lot um, with me over the years, but I think now it's really about getting out of your comfort zone. Um, Mm. I used to think it had to be something, like we said before, like quitting your job and traveling the world or like going skydiving would only count as adventurous, but it's, it's all relative to you. Mm -hmm. Um, this whole life that you're living is about you. Um, and so adventure to me is about your own personal comfort zone and challenging that. Yes. I love that we're talking about this because I think that a lot of times we can kind of have a synonym for adventure to always mean like those big, big risks. And you don't necessarily have to, yeah, skydive or do something to that extent in order to put a little bit more fun and adventure into your life too. So what are some of the ways that you like to put in some adventure in your kind of everyday? Adventure in my everyday. So I have found one thing that I love when I'm traveling and that automatically makes me feel more adventurous is if I'm exploring a place on my bicycle. 
So Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I ride my bike all the time in Philadelphia, but if I'm, you know, feeling a severe case of wanderlust or itchy feet or something like that, <laughs> I will hop on my bike and I'll explore a new area of town. And even though, like we said, it's not skydiving, I'm never going to compare that to skydiving, but being in a new area and seeing things that I might not be accustomed to and kind of playing explore for the day, really, it really does feed your itch a little bit. Definitely. And I like that too, because then it's not like you have to block off a whole week or even a whole month in order to go and see something. You can just take an afternoon on a weekend that you're free and you're feeling that way and actually go and do kind of, yeah, a daily adventure. Exactly. And I think that definition makes adventurous living a whole heck of a lot more accessible to everybody. Yes. Absolutely. And I also have to give a little plug to Minneapolis because we may or may not be uh, (laughs) the city with the most uh, bike trails. So just another reason to come and visit Minneapolis. You should definitely. Well, you're there, but everybody else, you should go to Minneapolis. (laughs) Yes, but definitely come in the summer or the fall. Do not even try in the winter. And the spring is basically winter anyway. (laughs) So what other elements kind of make for a great adventure? Uh, Food. Food (laughs) absolutely will make or break an adventure for me. Um, So trying a new dish, trying a local dish, um, anything like that can make you feel adventurous in 30 seconds Mm. or less. Yeah. So what are the most adventurous kind of cuisines or dishes that you've tried that maybe you were surprised that you enjoyed them as much as you did? So I... I grew up a very, very picky eater. I was a chicken nuggets and french fries like only (laughs) when we went out to dinner sort of girl. Um, So when I studied abroad, my grandma challenged me to try a new thing as often as possible. Um, Mm. So I remember I went to Paris and I went to a restaurant and I had the Eiffel Tower in my sight line. So it was like one of those magical moments. And I saw escargot on the menu. I was like, oh, man, snails are so far from chicken fingers and chicken nuggets. I don't know if I can do this. But I love escargot. Who knew really? I would love snails? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I don't – It would, they're so delicious. Um, I haven't ventured into, like, crickets or anything like that quite yet. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one day. <laughs> You're like, I'm adventurous, but I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that too, because I, I am definitely a more selective eater myself. Uh, so I would say I'm, I'm more adventurous, um, outside of just food, Mm -hmm. but I definitely think that that challenge that you said that your grandmother gave you to try something new, especially since you were already trying so many other new things, Uh, It kind of ripped the Band-Aid off for probably a lot of those things, and it got you outside of that comfort zone like you were talking about before to really try some new things in all different areas of your life. Yeah, and you know, with food, even if it's not snails, even if it's like a different (laughs) sauce that you've never tried before, worst case, you taste it and you hate it, you drink three glasses of water and you're like back on track, you're good to go. I remember growing up, my mom would actually have, for my brother and I, we would have what she called Fear Factor Mondays uh, because 
back in the day, Fear Factor was, I guess, on Mondays. Yep. And so she <laughs> would do that for us whenever she would make like a new dish. So whenever it would be something that was totally out of the norm because she knew that both my brother and I were very selective eaters, um, we would always literally fear uh, Monday. But I, I always think back to that memory and like you were saying with food and all that where little by little you do become a little bit more adventurous and you do find things that you like even if you find some things that you definitely don't at least you know <laughs> exactly at least you tried <laughs> exactly um so what are some of the most adventurous choices that you've made while traveling i hate to give you another study abroad story but um my hit me with them. <laughs> my roommate and i um we you know finals week was upon us and we decided that we were going to go skydiving. <laughs> um, and mind you, I've never done anything like skydiving before, but I totally let her talk me into it. I was all on board. We like we took the train up to the place. We were getting ready. And I realized my instructor only spoke Italian. There was oh, wow. no English. So we were trying to communicate with each other between like broken Italian Spanish, English, like trying to communicate directions to each other so like we would be safe jumping out of a plane. Yeah. Um, so I think that was one of the scariest things that I've ever done because not only is it skydiving, but I did it with somebody who could not speak my language. Um, wow. So, but I mean, I also think that things like using public transportation instead of, mm. you know, hiring an Uber or a taxi or whatever to take you around town can also be really adventurous and really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I I like that you talked about that too, because like you said, the communication barrier as well as just doing in already risky thing um, definitely made for quite the adventure. But I think one of the great things about adventures is you have so many more stories, right? Mm -hmm. When we're looking and we're thinking about those moments that we spend, you know, around campfires or on porches when we're with friends talking, I think all of us to some extent want to be able to have some stories that we can kind of wow people with and tell people that we have been through and have seen different things. And I just think that's one of the really great things about living a more adventurous life is you have a few more of those stories to tell. Totally. And when you tell those stories, more people are likely to open up to you and tell you their stories. And that's how sure. you form relationships that you cherish, you know, for years to come. Absolutely. But those stories definitely do take some time yes. <laughs> um, and you don't have to be completely crazy risky um, in order to find some of those good no, ones. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. You can find those stories two blocks away from your house. Yes. So kind of with adventuring, do you have an adventure partner or some friends or I know you've talked about your boyfriend too, or do you like to do a little bit more of the, the solo travel um, on your own? You know, I really like a good balance of things. Sure. Um, I have to give props to my boyfriend. Um, he has been lugged on more than one trip with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do, I am trying to branch out more into solo travel just because I realized that I learn a lot about what I can do and what I like to do when I'm traveling by myself. And mm. I think get, uh, 
gathering as much of that information as possible is really, really important to developing who you are as a person. Yeah, I think that's really true, too, because I think when we kind of put ourselves completely out of our comfort zone, right, where we have no kind of security blanket, it really shows us how much we can step up to the occasion. And so I think that's really great that you also like to do a balance, though, where maybe you're not always traveling on your own, but you're not necessarily worried to go and do that either. Yeah, even if you even if you take a day in a destination and kind of explore something that you would rather mm-hmm. do by yourself, that's that's solo travel totally. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty easy way to ease yourself into it and to feel a little bit better about it maybe before you book a whole entire trip that's a little bit more extended on your own. So I love that tip. Yeah, I agree. It, it does not have to be a totally big thing. And it is it is scary at first. So the more you can do to kind of help you feel comfortable and confident, I think the more likely you are to try solo travel. Definitely. So how can we be more spontaneous with our adventures too? Um, say yes a lot um, mm. within within reason. Yeah. <laughs> within reason. I um, when I'm at home, I am very much um, a person who likes to you know stay in most nights of the week and say no to people when they want to do things. But um, whenever I'm feeling adventurous, as soon as I say yes to somebody, I, who knows what's going to happen, you know? Um, so I think that's a really great way just to kind of keep your mind open to possibilities mm-hmm. and open to other ideas. Um, but at the same time, kind of remembering that you are allowed to say no and you are allowed to have that balance, but you do have the power of the word yes. Yes. Does that make and sense? I, I think, <laughs> yes, definitely. And I think there's a lot of a difference between, you know, the fears that hold us back and then the fears that protect us, right? Yes. So just making sure that we know which one is which and we know when to step outside of our comfort zone and when we have a comfort zone for a protective reason. Exactly. <laughs> They're very different feelings. And I am confident that you will be able to figure out the feelings. <laughs> yes. So before we kind of wrap up this episode, I'd love for you to tell us some of your top pieces of advice for anyone who's listening who wants to have a little bit more adventure in their everyday life. First tip, I bought myself a little notebook and I have a couple of lists in it that are only uh, particular to Philadelphia, which is the city that I live in. Um, So I have a list of all the restaurants that I want to try. I have a list of all of the day trips um, that are only a couple hours away, and I have a list of all of the activities that I might want to do in Philadelphia. So just having those lists available saves you from sitting around being like, oh, I don't know what to do today. What should I do today? I want to do something. You know what? I'm just going to sit and watch Netflix because I can't decide (laughs) what to do because you already have that list right there for you. Mm. Um, So just kind of taking, you know, 30 minutes to jot down ideas of things that might be fun for you to do on a later date kind of makes it more accessible to you on that later date. You have to do less thinking. I absolutely love this because it's something that I haven't really done and I've made lists before of course like you know your bucket list and also you know just a bucket list for destinations but I think it's so smart to look at some of the things like you said that are a little bit more accessible 
and that you can, you know, take a day to just do on the weekend or on a day that you have off. And if you already have a list of things that you want to do and see and maybe try uh, for food, <laughs> then you're going to be a lot more apt to go and do and try those things. So I think that's really smart. And now I am so ready to go and make my own list. <laughs> yes, do it. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for being on the show today and telling us a little bit more about adventurous living, as well as sharing some of your really fun travel stories. Of course. Thank you for having me. To learn more about Amanda Folk, visit ChasingMySunshine.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the Create Lounge podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave a rating and comment to let us know what you think. Want to be a part of our community? Sign up and join us at CreateLounge.com. We can't wait to meet you.